Welcome to our once a week podcast entitled What's in a Hymn. It reflects on some of the hymns that God's people have sung for generations. Today we reflect on the hymn The Church's One Foundation. This hymn was written by a Church of England pastor, Samuel J. Stone, in 1866. It came out of a period of turmoil within the life of the church. The 19th century saw a number of anti-biblical influences attacking the foundations of the Christian faith. Samuel Stone, deeply stirred by the attacks on the foundational truths of the Christian faith, wrote a series of hymns based on the Apostles' Creed. This hymn was based on that part of the creed which teaches about the church. The Holy Catholic Church, the Communion of Saints. By Catholic, of course, it means universal. The hymn clearly reflects the doctrine of the church as found in scripture. In referring to the church in his hymn, we have the universal church in the sense of from all around the world. As verse 2 describes it, elect from every nation. And Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 describes the church as a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, people and tongues. But we also have the distinction in this hymn between the Christians, the saints in heaven, in verse 5, those whose rest is one, this is often referred to as the church triumphant, and those Christian saints who are down here on earth. In verse 5, she on earth has union. This is often referred to as the church militant. The idea is of the active gospel work, taking a stand against the forces of spiritual darkness and battling for the faith in an ungodly world. So who are truly members of the church? Well, the hymn says a number of things. In verse 2, they are elect, elect from every nation. As Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, God chose us in him, that's Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In verse 1, they are born again. She is his, that's Christ's, new creation. As 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In verse 1, Christ has purchased them. With his own blood he bought her. As Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood. And in verse 1, they have salvation through Christ's death on the cross. And for her life he died. As 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. In the scriptures, pictures are used to describe the church, including these two. A building where the most important stone is the foundation stone. As the hymn opens, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. And a marriage relationship where Christ is ahead of the church 
and the church is his wife. In verse 1, from heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. And although the world sees the church that appears to be divided, in verse 3, though with a scornful wonder men see her sore oppressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. There does exist a unity, in verse 2, yet one, O all the earth. And this is a spiritual unity among all who have been born again, regardless of denomination. In verse 2, one Lord, one faith, one birth. This reflects Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. The characteristics associated with the church on earth include the preaching of the gospel. In verse 2, her charter of salvation. Baptism. In verse 1, by water. The Lord's Supper. In verse 2, partakes one holy food. As Jesus often reminded his disciples, the church will know difficulty and opposition. In verse 4, mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war. Yet she has something to look forward to, a time when all hardship will cease. In verse 4, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore. The great church victorious shall be the church at rest. The cause of Christ will not fail. The church will continue because the foundation is everlasting and cannot be removed, Jesus Christ. And from him, in all of the church's struggles, come grace sufficient, in verse 2, with every grace endued. Amen.